All right. Well, good morning, everyone. We are in our uh, sermon series called Parables and Miracles. You know, it's something funny. I feel like every time I do a sermon, I have to make a reference to Adam and Eve. It's like I feel like it, it pops in on every single sermon. You know why? Because it's like there's something about Adam and Eve and the story of the fall that explains so much of why we do the things that we do today and why we act like we do today. And I want to start with Adam and Eve this morning. So if you guys have anything to do this afternoon, cancel it, because we're going to be a while. We're starting from the very beginning, right? So, you know, one of the things that define what Adam and Eve did is they tried to find life. They tried to find satisfaction apart from God. And when you look at human history from that point, human history is that where we try to find sustenance. We try to find fullness of life apart from God. And it just doesn't fill us. It doesn't fulfill us. So we have to keep coming back for more and more and more. What is that? Is it sex? Is it drugs? Is it relationships? Is it material things? Is it famous people? That's what we've been trying to do. We're trying to find life, something to fulfill us apart from God. I want to share with you guys to start off a story. I used to work at uh, Chrysler Financial, and I used to do collections. And I was going to say, some of your names sound really familiar. <laughs> so I used to do collections, right? I used to for Chrysler. And then, so working there, I had an opportunity to buy my first SUV. I was so excited because I got it at the employee discount pricing, right? I had no possibility of getting it before. But now I can get a Jeep Cherokee. And I love this Jeep Cherokee so much. I used to buy all these different accessories for it, right? So I would buy, like, you know, the bra that goes in the front. I bought, like, the grill guard. I had the side steps. I had a netting in the back of it. I didn't even have a dog, but I had a netting in the back. Because when I would buy it, I had to keep buying more. Because I would get that and be like, that looks good. But, you know, what? I really want to have this, too. And I was so crazy about this Jeep that I used to literally wash it almost, like, every other day. And i never forget one time I had a friend of mine, and she was eating ice cream. And she, we went to Dairy Queen, and she was eating ice cream and get ready to get in my car, and I was like, lock the door. I was like, no. I was like, because I'm sitting here watching you eat that ice cream, and I'm like, you are not getting in my car. You will finish it outside of my car. I was so crazy about this car, and I kept wanting more and more and more. You know, the funny thing is, eventually when the car started to get older, I could care less. And once it started going down here, I could care less. You see, the thing is, hunger Hunger in us for status and hunger for stuff prevents us from seeing Jesus as our true source of satisfaction. You see, we as human beings, we will worship something. We were made to worship. The question is, what are we going to worship? And there's only one person that can truly fulfill the whole in your heart. Here's what I want you to walk away with today. And here's what I want you to see from this scripture today. It's Jesus that meets all of our needs. Jesus meets all of our needs through faith in him. And my hope and my prayer is that throughout this sermon, that you would take the time to think, what is it that you are trying to find fulfillment in your life? 
What is it that you are trying to find satisfaction in in your life right now? And my hope and my prayer is that you find it in him, that you see it in him. You guys, let's pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. And I praise you, God, this morning that we can come before you and dig into your word. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just be moving in here this morning to open up our minds and our hearts to hear your word and to receive your word, Lord, and to act on your word, Father. We thank you for allowing us to come before you, Lord, and we just praise you this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to look at uh, Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. And we're going to walk through it this morning. We're going to go piece by piece and sort of stop and break it down from there. So I want to start off with verses 13 through 17 this morning. And it says this. It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And I want to give a quick background of where we are right now. Because if you were here last week, you heard Dave preach about John the Baptist being beheaded. And Herod, from that point forward, living in grant, being grounded in fear, was afraid of everything, was afraid that now John the Baptist had arisen from the dead. So where we pick up the story right here is Jesus hears about John the Baptist's death. And as a result of that, he goes off by himself in a boat. And Jesus is there. And we're not told what Jesus is doing, but I can imagine he's probably spending time with his heavenly father. He's probably spending time alone with his heavenly father. And what happens as a result of that? The people, they see and they go and they follow him. And where we pick it up is as Jesus is now coming and approaching the shore, he sees the people and he has compassion on them. He has compassion on them. I want to start off this morning by doing a quick game of compare and contrast because I want to look at it from Jesus' perspective. Jesus sees them, and he has pity on them, and he begins to go, and he heals them in the midst of a hectic world. And I say a hectic world because what Jesus is experiencing right now, there's so much going on in his life right now, and there's so much he's dealing with. You see, he's going away from Herod, not because he's afraid of Herod, because he realizes it's not his time yet. Jesus does things in his father's time, and then he goes away. And as he comes back in the midst of his life, possibly being threatened, Jesus is still looking outward. Jesus is looking, and that's how he sees people. When you see Jesus, who are you seeing? You're seeing God. God is always outward looking, and he's always having compassion on those. It's this idea of incarnating. It's this idea of stepping into somebody else's world and experiencing what they experience. 
because that's what Jesus does. Jesus incarnates. He's always doing it. Think about even when Jesus was on the cross, what did he do? As he's there on the cross, he looks at his mother. And he says, Mother, behold your son. And he looks at John and says, John, behold your mother. He's still caring for people regardless of what's going on. He's dying on a cross and he can still look at people and have compassion on them. Christ makes time for those in need. So we've got that perspective right there. And now I want to look at it from the disciples' perspective. Because honestly, the disciples have compassion too. When you read the scripture, they have compassion also. But what does their compassion lead them to do? Their compassion says, here's what we got to do. They're hungry. Send them away so they can get something to eat. You see, they have compassion. But what they're offering is the very best option that they can do according to their own resources. We've got five loaves and two fish. We can't do much with that. So let's go ahead and let's send them away so that they can go and get something to eat. And when you look at that, I know me personally, it reminds me a lot of myself. Isn't that the way that we think too? We often act and do things according to what we see. And we look at it within our own resources. And it makes me think about the story of Moses, because isn't that what Moses did when God was calling Moses to lead out the Israelites? He gave them every excuse in the world why he couldn't do it. Because oftentimes what we do is we look at things according to what we're able to do and our own resources. And that's exactly what the disciples are doing right now. They're seeing the inadequacy of their resources, and we do the same thing. So what does it look like in our lives? How about at our jobs? How about in our families? How about in our marriages? How about the ministries? We are limited by what we believe that we are able to do in our own resources. And what Jesus' perspective is, is Jesus is looking at that saying, no, you can provide for their needs here. You can do it here. And I think about that right there. Was Jesus asking them to just Ask me. Ask me. But oftentimes, we look at our circumstances and we say we can't. Jesus looks at the circumstances and says, you can, but you need to ask. And oftentimes, we just won't. You see, Jesus can. I want you to hold on to that right there. Because I want to look at verses 18 and 19. And it says this. It says, And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. You see, what Jesus does is Jesus goes and Jesus does it. He looks to heaven. He prays. He breaks the bread. He gives it to the disciples. And the disciples go And they hand it out. Jesus performs the miracles. And you notice, who does he include in the miracle? The disciples. Because he breaks it and he gives it to them. And the disciples go out. And the disciples hand it out. You see, Jesus can work. And he worked through them. And Jesus can also work through us. I want to share with you guys a story. So many of you know in my previous life, I was a corporate trainer for sales. 
It's what I did before I came aboard uh, Prime Pay. But many of you don't know how I got that job. So I, I got the job. I started off as a corporate training specialist. It's a fancy term for a guy who sits at the desk and just takes orders and does, puts some trainings together. So um, after about nine months, I was miserable in my job because I was like, I'm just not doing what I thought I was going to be doing. So at that point, I went to my boss's boss and I said, look, I said, you are wasting money on me. What did I have to lose? I was leaving anyway, right? I said, you're wasting money on me. You're getting about 25% of what I'm able to do. And he thought about it and he was like, so a couple of days later, they promoted me. <laughs> So if anybody needs any career advice, I'll be happy to walk into your job and say, you are wasting money on this person right here. Right? So they promoted me. So you can imagine my excitement because they promoted me. I was now the manager of sales training. That sounds exciting. But you know what? I had never been in sales before. And you can imagine the fear that started to come across. I started to fear. It was almost like I went in every day and I was just fearful. I was fearful of, what if the people don't respect me? What if they ask me to put together some training that I have no idea how to do? And I can often think about, it was so gripped in fear all the time. But I look at that experience in my life and I look back and I'm like, was Jesus asking me, ask. Ask me. Come to me. You see, that's the first truth that we have right here from the scripture. Is what Jesus was doing is Jesus was showing me to depend on him. And oftentimes in our life, we have to come from a position of helplessness. It's one of the things that we often talk about in the Praying Life Seminar. If you want to experience a rich, vibrant prayer life, you have to come from a position of helplessness. And that experience in my life right there was a point in my life when I was truly helpless because I didn't know how I was going to do it and it forced me to go to him and ask why I had fear when I looked at everything from within my own resources I never had sales training experience I'd never been in sales before and now you want me to lead this program helpless but Jesus was asking me to come to him do you find yourselves in your life right now trying to depend on yourselves? Trying to do everything in your own strength, in your own resources? Because what Jesus does is Jesus invites him, invites us to him. Because Jesus can according to his resources, not according to ours. And we'll see. What is it that Jesus provides? Jesus provides more than enough. If we look at verses 20 and 21, it says this. It says, And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up the 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. You see what the scripture says right here? Is Jesus, he provides more than enough, and everyone ate, and they were satisfied, and there was plenty left over. Twelve baskets full left over. When God provides, he provides enough to be satisfied, and more than we need, and enough for everyone. You see, what Jesus is showing in this scripture right here is that he is the ultimate provider of that which satisfies in life. But we must ask him in faith. 
You see, my previous job, I'll tell you, I achieved more than I ever thought I could. I did more at that job than I ever thought I could. But ultimately, it's not a job that will fulfill you. You see, what Jesus was teaching me right there, he was teaching me to come to him and to ask. And oftentimes, we won't do that. But he was showing me was that true fulfillment was from knowing him. Because that it gave me an opportunity to know him on a level that I never knew before. That Jesus is the only one that can fill. That to find true fulfillment in life, it only comes to him. Because in this scripture right here, Jesus is giving out bread. And if you remember in Matthew 4, as Jesus is in the desert, Satan is saying to him, turn these stones into bread. And how does Jesus respond? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, in my own life, in my own experience, it wasn't just about doing well at a job. It was about knowing him and realizing that what I wanted in life, the true fulfillment, came from Jesus. The job was a way for me to come to him and ask and to see. What does it look like in your life? Where is he calling you? And where are you coming from a position of helplessness that we come to him and we ask him? Because only Jesus can fill that hole and that gap in our lives. And when you keep looking at this, you begin to see something different. This is the only miracle that appears in all four of the Gospels. And it's in the book of John that after this miracle happens, that it goes on further to say the very next day the people followed Jesus and came to him. And Jesus' response to them was, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, because your bellies are full. He says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, and this is really important, he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That you believe in him whom he has sent. What Jesus is saying in this scripture right here is don't rely on the food that perishes. Don't rely on the things that perish. Jesus is saying believe in him because it's only in Christ that we find true fulfillment. It's only in Christ that we find true fullness of life. And when you look at this idea of bread in Scripture, you see so many references. Because remember, it was the Israelites that were in a desolate place. And it was God who saw them and who provided bread from them from, from heaven. It was the manna. And it was meant to sustain them. Because God saw the people, he had compassion on them, and then he provided and then you look at Elisha, one of the great prophets of the Bible also. And it was Elisha that fed 100 men with 20 loaves. And you continue to see this theme throughout Scripture. What God was doing was pointing to something even greater all along. And now comes Jesus, and Jesus does this miracle right here. And Jesus provides food for 5,000 people from five loaves and two fish. And what Jesus is saying right here is don't rely on the bread that perishes. Why? Because Jesus is the better bread. Jesus is the better manna. Jesus is the better Elisha. 
And that's why Jesus goes on to say in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. It's only Christ. You see, what Jesus is saying is don't rely on the miracle. Rely on the one who provides the miracle. Rely on the one who does the miracle. And that's what the book of Matthew is saying. Matthew is saying, this is the Messiah. This is the one that we've been waiting for because this is the one and he is the one that fulfills the Old Testament scripture. It's only Jesus who is the true bread that fills you for life and for eternal life. It was Jesus who did more with less. And this miracle shows that we can't do it on our own. But he can when we ask and we believe in him. And it's Jesus that can provide the true bread to truly fill us in our life. You see how this begins to point to something bigger? Is how God sees us. God looks at us. And he sees our need. He sees us with compassion. And when you realize in your life your inadequacy... And when we turn to him and ask for help, he can fill us. He can fulfill us. You see, the first truth is to ask for his help. The second is that we find fulfillment in him because that's the gospel message. That's what the Bible is about, that God saw us in our need and that we can't get salvation without him. And when we ask for salvation in faith, It's Christ who fills that need, and then we're filled with new life. We're filled with fullness of life. It's the gospel message. And Jesus is pointing to them to something even bigger. It was an interesting article that said um, recently, that talked about how people all over the world of every persuasion are in pursuit of happiness. And the study said that more than 60,000 people participated in this study, and they concluded that besides genetics, there are three simple indicators of a happy life. Number one, it's being part of an intimate relationship. They said that's the most vital component in contributing to a sense of a person's well-being. So being part of an intimate relationship. Number two is that, second, people are happiest when they are active, when they have a goal, and when they have a sense of purpose in life. So number one, being a part of an intimate relationship. Number two is when they are active, when they have a goal and a sense of purpose in life. And number three is that people are happiness when they have financial control. And this is while money alone cannot make us happy, a lack of stability can make us miserable. Right? Relationship, meaning, security. You see, Adam and Eve tried to find those things apart from God. But Jesus gives us all three. It's Jesus that gives us a relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's Jesus that gives us meaning for life. And it's Jesus that gives us the security in life that we desire. And what Jesus is doing is Jesus is doing this miracle And he's pointing to something even greater, which is himself. Jesus is offering us himself. Why? Because he is the true bread. You see, in our lives, 
We can't do it. He can. The first thing you got to do is realize that you don't have the resources to do it. But Jesus does. And then we turn to him in faith. In every single area of our life, we go to him and we come from a position of helping, helplessness, especially as it pertains to salvation. You can't do it according to your resources, but he can. You see, God looked, God had compassion, and he did it for the Israelites in the wilderness, and he does it now for mankind in general. God sees our inadequacy to get ourselves out of this mess, to get ourselves out of our sin, and it's only him. That's why the scripture says, while yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the story of the cross was that Jesus' body was broke and it was given to us. And now what we can do is we can go and give it to other people and to share the gospel message with other people. Because the beautiful thing is Christ uses us to go and to provide and to, to see people come to know him as our Lord and Savior. Jesus working through us. Don't look at your inadequacy. Look at Jesus' adequacy because it's only Jesus that meets the needs in us and it's only Jesus that meets the needs of others through us. Trust in Jesus to meet our needs. In life, most importantly for salvation and to be used by him to go and to do his work. Why? Because it's only Jesus that gives us more than enough. You guys pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray today, Lord. First of all, Jesus, we thank you. So often in Scripture, Lord, you show us who you are. And in this miracle right here, Lord, you are showing us that you are the true bread. You are the only bread that fills us, Lord, and fulfills us, Father. But oftentimes, Father, we just won't ask and we won't come to you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and giving us your only son to fill us, Lord, that true fulfillment in life only comes from Christ. And I want to just pray this morning. There are those of you who have given your life to Christ, all right, who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I just want to lift up those in prayer this morning that, Lord, that they would come to you for everything because so much of life, Lord, is knowing you, knowing you in relationship. You only give, you give us relationship, you give us meaning, and you give us security, Lord, as we know you and grow closer to you as our Heavenly Father and Savior, Lord. There are those of you today who do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you're trying to find fulfillment. And you're trying to find life in everything apart from God. And Jesus is giving you an invitation this morning to know him and to receive his gift of salvation. And I want to just, just walk you through a prayer. Understand is that we are inadequate without him. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. But you know what? He gives us a gift. He gives us bread. He gives us himself. And I just want to lead you in a prayer this morning to receive that free gift of salvation. So right there in your seats, 
if you want to pray this prayer, you can pray it to yourself and just say these words. Say, dear Jesus, I have lived my whole life apart from you. And I have sinned against you. Jesus, I truly believe that you died and rose again to forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I will follow you and be obedient to you for the rest of my life. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.